Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to Talking Knicks. We're doing player profile and projections like we've been doing. If you've been listening, thank you. Today, we've got one of the fun ones. The Knicks' first pick in the draft this year, Kevin Knox, the rookie forward out of Kentucky. Lots of hopes and dreams on this young man's shoulder. Let's talk about it. Let's talk Knicks. The New York Knicks select Kristaps. Today, I am joined by Thomas Piccolo of Talking Knicks in his debut of Basketball Index fame. Tom, how you doing? Jake, I'm doing well. I appreciate that shameless plug there, too. Yeah, Basketball Index launched today. I'll be covering the Knicks there as well as here. If there's anything I know, it's being shameless. Also joining us today, Kenneth Andrew Poon, KP, KP Swiss. That's not really your nickname, but Ken, how you doing, brother? Yeah, and I'd, I'd just like to point out to the audience that I am the original KP. I had it before Porzingis, so I'm just trying to reclaim that. So I appreciate you using that here so we can get the word out to the Knicks fans. That'll be good. That'll be good. Yep. I'm, I'm sure you'll you'll get the KP reputation in the garden soon enough. And speaking of reputations in the garden, we're hoping a man that gets a good rep soon, young Kevin Knox, the Knicks' first-round pick uh, out of Kentucky. Um, six foot nine, two hundred fifteen pounds. <laughs> he. Uh, he came in hot with the Fortnite jacket on draft night, which gains you some fans and loses you others. Um, we, we've talked about a little bit on the offseason pod what, what kind of thoughts ran through our head, but right now that's, that's not too important. He's on the team. We've seen doses of him in summer league and now in the preseason games. Tom, I'll kick it to you first. Where, where are you on Kevin Knox? What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, Knox, we did talk a little bit about him in the, in the preseason pod, like you mentioned. Um, when he was drafted, I was, I was pretty high on his potential as kind of like a, a stretch four who could play the wing, like just a, a big wing. You know, you, in, in the modern NBA, you can't have enough big wings. Kevin Knox kind of fits that. He's got a, a great frame on him, great NBA body. You know, I like to talk about that. Um, and, and in summer league, he killed it, like we talked about in the preseason pod. But in, I mean, in preseason, not so much. It's been kind of a different situation. He's he's averaging just under nine points per game in the five preseason games to go along with six rebounds, not bad, and just under one assist. He is shooting 32.7% from the field, including just under 16% on about four three-point attempts per game. So those numbers are, are pretty startling when you read them all out in a row like that. But, uh, you know, the, the expectation is, like, this is a rookie. How much are we really expecting him to, to be efficient at this point? It's his first few, uh, few games of the season. So I'm not, I'm not scared. I'm not worried about this or anything. But, uh, yeah, just hoping he kind of turns it around pretty quickly. Ken, I know – your heart sunk a little bit when the Knicks passed on your boy Bridges from Villanova. But we get Knox. 
And let's be honest, he looked better in the summer league than everyone expected, and then we all jumped aboard the train, partially because we had to. But what what are you? Where are you at on Noxie Fort Knox? Yeah, it's like uh, Greg, our other co-host, who's not here today, says, um, you know, he's on my team, so I'm going to root for him. Uh, but you're right; I did not have a positive reaction to our drafting of him. But like I said in our uh, off-season recap, I think there were a lot of reasons for that. Um, you don't see much of the players at Kentucky because they play in not a great NBA system and they play with a lot of other very talented players. So they're not given their chance to kind of shine and show what they can do. So we didn't know enough about him. And then he really did show flashes in the the summer league uh, of athleticism. And he was just a lot bigger than, than I initially thought. Um, like he's definitely a guy that looks like he's going to be the kind of prototypical four. Um, well, not the prototypical four, but the new age, you know, stretch four. Uh, and you know, all those things kind of, kind of added up to him being to a lot of optimism about him. And like Tom said, he's cooled down a little bit in the, in the, the preseason games, but really he hasn't cooled down as much as you might think. I think Tom said it was something like 32.8% in the preseason, uh, for a field goal percentage. He only shot 35% in the in the summer league and he earned, you know, all summer league honors just because he was given the opportunity and more volume shots to, you know, put up a lot better numbers. Now he had a couple pretty decent games in the, in the few preseason games. I I think he had two double doubles with uh, points and rebounds. They weren't crazy double doubles. I think both of them were, were around 10 and 10, I think a little bit above that maybe on the point side, but you know, this is going to be something you're going to be seeing a lot, a lot of inconsistency and him having good nights and bad because he's a rookie and he's a young rookie. And, uh, you know, he's just really getting used to playing the game at this level. Now I just want Knicks fans. And I feel like I do this for all the players. I just want them to kind of level their expectations because they either get too high or too low on people all the time. And I think, I feel like that's kind of happened with Knox already with the way that people saw him in the summer league and him, you know, earning all summer league honors and then coming into the preseason not having a great showing that there's been a huge swing of, oh, you know, this guy's the future. He's going to be a great player to now, oh, like maybe maybe we made a mistake. And it's always somewhere in the middle. I think he's going to be a good player, but I think he's a rookie. So give the guy some time to develop. Yeah, and Kenny, you, know? you made a good point about the consistency thing. So like his scoring efficiency will fluctuate wildly all season, as all rookies do. Um but what you want to see in terms of consistency is just effort and one place that that comes through is in rebounds. And it looks like he is an aggressive rebounder for his size and position. So, I mean, that's going to be great because, you know, especially if you have kind of Porzingis eventually playing the five, I think that's sort of his best position. And Knox's most natural position is the four. It's not like Kristaps is a, is a monster rebounder in there. Uh, so we're going to need an aggressive rebounding four going forward. So as much as we see of, of Knox grabbing boards, cleaning up, cleaning up the glass on defense and offense, that's just going to be icing on the cake. Yeah. And yeah. I think um, another thing that we've talked about in a bunch of the other pods is just with the new coaching staff and, and kind of the question is how are they going to use all these players? And, you know, there's at in the front court, there's not a whole ton of choice. And we've talked about this a bunch but also at like the three, like the wing positions, there's not a ton of options. So 
he's going to see a lot of minutes and, you know, he's going to be given the opportunity to make mistakes and continue playing something that Hornacek didn't do last year with Frank that a lot of people wanted to see was, uh, you know, giving him the opportunity to play through his mistakes and uh, Knox is going to get that. So we're, we're hoping that he develops into a good player. Yeah. And one of the things that's, that's been jumping out to me with Knox looking Looking back over his games at Kentucky, looking over some of the preseason and summer league games, I think we're going to see a lot of inconsistency, and that shouldn't be surprising. He's a rookie, right? But, I mean, you go through his Kentucky game log, you see a couple 34s, you see a 25, a 21, and you see a 6, a 7, an 8, a 9. Um, and, and that's college ball. And I know the Kentucky system hasn't always been – conducive did I work that did I use that word right for uh guys coming out coming to the pro game uh it's a little more congestive coach Cal does his thing um you know Devin Booker's a guy who we saw um if if he got to show off his talents a little better at Kentucky he's probably a higher draft pick worked out for the Suns it's also gone the other way too with I think some guys like James Young Scalabissieri not um almost hiding what what may be some of their limiting skills. It's it's kind of genius if you really think about it. But, I mean, Tom, what, what are you going to be zoning in on either statistically or with the eye test by really judging Kevin Knox's rookie season? Yeah, I think it's going to be a few things. Uh, one thing that really impressed me coming out of Kentucky was, I've mentioned before, the versatility of his jump shot coming off of screens, curling around screens, pulling up, um, his ability to shoot from deep, mid-range. Uh, I'm, I'm really curious to see how that translates at the NBA level, if he's still able to have that versatility in his shot, because that's, I mean, he has the size to get shots up over just about any defender. And if he can include a, a versatile jump shot into that equation, like he, he's going to be tough to stop. So um, I'm going to be tracking his his shooting numbers and just and not just – raw field goal percentage but also the types of shots he's taking um are they assisted is, is he mostly is he spotting up a lot or is he creating his own offense i don't ex- i don't expect him to really be doing a lot of creating for others um and just in in preseason he's averaging just under one assist per game and uh three turnovers per game so i mean high turnovers just comes with the rookie territory but you know is is he going to be able to, to create for others? I don't think so, and I don't really have that in my expectations set for him. But uh, it, it's mostly going to be as a scorer, right? I think a little bit on the defensive end, too. I'm a defensive first guy. I'm a two-way player guy. I don't know. Everyone is, I, I guess, if you want to win basketball games, or at least you should be. But uh, Greg actually would argue with that point if you he were here. I know he's <laughs> yeah. not, Greg's not a defensive guy. But no. um I think first and foremost, I'll be looking for Knox's ability to score. That's what we. That's what fans are going to want to see. Ken scoring. I, I think we're all on a similar page there. I mean, do you want to talk about percentages at all? Are those are those going to be a big factor for you? I mean, is it no. is it kind of more eye test aggressiveness type stuff? What about you? Um, I think it was weird that Tom said he's a defense first guy after he mentioned offense first. Because I am a defense first guy, and I'm going to mention defense first. As far as what I want to see from him is just I want to see him, you know, work hard at playing defense. Now, playing four, if 
he's he's a little bit skinny, so if he has to body up bigger players, he's going to struggle. But I just want to see him out there competing. And I know Tom's talking about this with guys like Trey Burke, who isn't a great defender, but he goes out there and he he tries. And that's that's what I want to see from Knox, and I want to see him developed it, try to develop into a good defender because he's got tools. But you know, so often you talk about guys with tools to become great defenders who just don't. And like Andrew Wiggins comes to mind, um, but. If he can do that, I think he's gonna. That's that's gonna be the thing that could take him from being a you know solid volume scorer to just a very good player in this league. Because the Knicks have guys who you know can shoot. They have guys who are going to be taking a lot of shots. And I think if we're gonna build a team and we're gonna try to go out there next year and get a big name free agent, and we're gonna have KP come back. Those guys are gonna be handling most of the scoring. If he can be a tertiary. There's a fun word for you, a scorer for them after KP and whoever they bring in and maybe, you know, Trey Burke sticking around and being a scorer off the bench. If he could be that guy and play defense at the three and the four as a kind of a switchable wing, that would be, you know, the thing that makes him a great player. Yeah, I mean, Kenny, what does the garden like more than a guy who just competes and gives maximum effort all the time? Like, why do you think the garden loves Enos Cantor? despite him being completely unlikable, you know? <laughs> or, or, or Ron Baker is a fan, has become a fan favorite. It's because these guys all bust their ass. They try so hard. So, I mean, if Knox shows up and he competes, that's, that's a great point. Yeah, and, you know, like you said, we're going to need, you know, defenders out there. And the idea of having, you know, Kristaps Porzingis patrolling the center – and then Frank Nilakina on the outside, and then whatever scores you have scoring, if you can have Knox as a you know a big wing defender and have him and Frank uh, you know playing some switch defense, that's that's something to dream about as a as a Knicks you know fan base who remembers the '90s Knicks and that was built on defense. And I know it's early to be talking titles or anything like that, but I mean for the last decade plus, the NBA Finals have gone through LeBron James, and you needed a big wing defender to have a shot to compete at a title. Um, and, I, you know, I can see that being the case for years to come with your Durants, with, with Giannis, who is somehow a wing despite being seven feet tall. Um, you, you need those big wing defenders because, I mean, those guys are just year after year. Those are the MVP candidates. Those are the guys who are toughest, who are toughest to stop on defense. Yeah, and I, I, I want to just go back to kind of a point I made briefly that that I don't want to lose sight of, but I don't expect him to be a great defender from day one. I just want to see him develop in that area because I think he's going to end up being a solid scorer, but the defense is the question mark, and that's just what I want to see him develop. Yeah, and I I, I hate to go too big picture, too 30,000-mile view. That said that pretty poorly. But let's be honest. The percentages aren't going to matter too much. The defense isn't going to matter too much. We just want to see the flashes, some development, and the potential because the Knicks have put a lot of their future on this guy and Frank. Um, if we're really helping, hoping to build something with some free agents this offseason and whatever pick we get this year, I mean, those guys are currently at the core of it. So let's our, – our favorite, the over-under, and I, I think I'm going to go with an interesting one. Because it's very different situations, but it's a guy that he's been compared to. And 
from what we saw from this guy last year, let's, let's hope the comparisons continue. Jason Tatum in Boston. Here's a guy who came out, uh, similar skill sets, higher pick, but I, well, and he also has a great coach, but he has more guys that need the basketball in their hand than Knox will need. I think his percentages are going to be out of <laughs> very much out of range, uh, for Knox this year, but I'm, I'm going to go for it and see, see who bites. Tatum averaged 13.9 points per game last year. Over under for Knox, 13.9 points per game. Who who needs it? Who wants it? So that's a tough one because uh, I feel like that's a, that's a pretty good line because it could go in a couple different ways because there's so many guys in the Knicks who are kind of thought of as scorers, like guys like Trey Burke, guys like Enos Cantor, um, that may be taking shots, but – Depending on how Fizdale deploys them, maybe he just ends up giving Knox a bunch of shots. I think it's going to be – he's going to, not going to get as many shots as people are thinking he's going to, so I think he's going to end up more in the 11, 12 points per game range. So I'm going to take the under. Thomas? Yeah, I think that that's, a, that's some smart rationalizing there, Kenny. Uh, it, it's tough to argue with. It's just like seeing his shooting percentages, Jake mentioned. I mean, Tatum – his three-point percentage halfway through the season was like a record. I think he was above 50% uh, at his volume. I don't, I'm not sure what he finished at, but, um, I mean, he was shooting an unsustainably high, unsustainably high rate. Uh, and he was also – Tatum was also in the perfect position for him, right, with – you mentioned the complementary players around him, uh, the, the coach, the scheme, everything about it. We've seen what happens to players when they leave Boston. So – yeah, it is tough to compare him to Jason Tatum at this point, but I, I will take the slight under. I think he'll be in, in closer to the 13 points per game range. I'll, I'll bite my own biscuit. Is that a phrase? I mean, I, again, I think these percentages no. are going to be <laughs> – no, it's not a phrase. That's fine. I think the percentages are going to be ugly. Let's, let's be honest. He's going to shoot under 40% from the field. So the over-under that I was terrified to do was his three-point percentage, as we just talked about. I think he was shooting 15% in the preseason from three. That's a scary number. Um, but when you think about it, I mean, this guy on a given night is going to be one of the three go-to scorers. It's going to be Trey Burke, Tim Hardaway. We've, I mean, Trey Burke, <laughs> we, we have hopes for, but this was a guy who was in the G League for a little bit last year. And also, let's be honest, we hope that Frank is going to be getting some of the clutch minutes for what he can do defensively. And then on the offensive end, we've seen we've seen Tim Hardaway have big nights. We've seen Tim Hardaway have bad nights. Plus, he also has a little bit of an injury history right now. I just think this guy's going to get his lumps. It's Fisdale supposed to be this empowering coach. There's minutes to be had at small forward and power forward. I think percentages are going to be ugly, but give me I'll maybe this is an ugly New York Boston thing. Give me 14.1. I'll I'll go over by point 2. Tom call me an idiot and let's wrap this up. Well no, I think that a, a big factor in this you you mentioned that multiple times the percentages will be ugly and I think you're right about that, but one thing that hasn't been ugly has been his free throw percentage, which has been in the upwards of 80% or higher. Um and I'm really curious to see if he can just get to the line. That was something that young uh, 
That's something that young Carmelo was good at. Just using that physicality, that big body, and getting to the free throw line. The Knicks have really struggled to get to the line in recent years. KP doesn't get so many calls. He's kind of too tall, too skinny. He likes to just shoot over the top of people without drawing a ton of contact, or at least it doesn't look like he draws a ton of contact. So, um, yeah, if Knox can just, like, get to the line a bunch, I'm going to consider that a win too. And, Tom, you, you cut off for a second there, but I think what, what you were saying is that while his uh, shooting percentages weren't great, his free throw percentages were great, were uh, solid for a rookie, right? Yeah, I mean, he's been shooting upwards of 80% in the preseason, and I, th- I believe he had some solid percentages in, in college, too. I know, Jake, you had his stats up. Is that right? 77% at Kentucky. He, he went to the line 4.4 times per game, made 3.4. Uh, he was just barely second on the team at going to the line. So, um, And the first guy that went to the line was one of their bigs who shot 60%, so I think teams were kind of okay sending him to the line. Um, and then it was Shea Gilgis Alexander, the the other lottery pick from Kentucky. So this that that really is a great point, and it'll be interesting to see. We've talked about what the Knicks' offense is going to be lo- looking like if they're going to try to push as much as they can, which you think they would with a lot of these young guys. And I think tying into that, uh, when I, a big word I said before that I think is going to be huge with Knox, that was somewhat problematic with Frank last year, is the aggressiveness. This guy has that Carmelo, go get it, go get a bucket mentality, if he can bring that to the 10, and again, (laughs) the percentages will be bad, but if he can get to the line four or five times a night, I mean, those. this is a guy that can make free throws, we think and hope at this point. So that would be big for him. Yeah, we want to see him compete. We want to see him bang and just try hard and and get to the line. Just You know, it doesn't have to be pretty in this rookie season. Just, Just make it happen. Speaking of not pretty, I think that wraps it up, boys. I I really enjoyed that, though. Um, Thanks for listening. If you guys have been listening to these uh, player profile and projections, if not, go Netflix and burn through them. Just ignore your boss for the next two hours or something like that. Um, And if you have been listening, if you could throw us a five-star review, we'd really appreciate you. Um, And, yeah, we've got more stuff coming. I mean, season's almost here, folks. Uh, so we appreciate you. Um, we'll we'll be having articles and pods and all of it. So thank you, and we'll be we'll be talking to you guys soon. Hopefully, next tape. <laughs>